this, there, it, it's a very real sense that Paul knows he's writing, it's very likely his last words to Timothy. Right? This, this is, I imagine these are very heavy words. These were not flippantly written by Paul. And we know being the word of God, they were not. So starting in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Just before this, Paul had been mentioning all who desire to live a godly life. But I start us in verse 14 because he makes this transition from everybody that desires to follow Christ to Timothy, you specifically. Now, this is the Word of God. This is for all of us to see and hear and read. But I want us to see the intention because as Paul turns his attention to Timothy, the first thing he says, continue. This jumps out at me. Timothy was the man that Paul, Paul considered him a son in the faith. Paul had mentored and trained and taught Timothy. He knew Timothy so well and trusted him so much to leave him in charge of a church he had planted. And yet in writing back to him, what may be his final words, the warning, continue. Continue in what you have learned. I think as believers, when we come across this in passage, we have to take the very real moment. We all understand that any of us can believe a false gospel or lie to ourselves about our own love for Christ. We understand that brothers and sisters can sit next to us in our pews, at our churches, and come to Bible studies to be members of our churches and not truly be following Christ. That later in their life they can walk away. I think we know that. But as we look at Paul's words to Timothy... I think we have to internalize that and ask it of ourselves. Because Paul's warning is very specifically to Timothy. I don't know, I don't know you individually well enough to make this accusation against you. And so maybe this is me showing a little bit too much of my own personal life. But I can tell you what I, what I think to be our current, like, maybe not greatest, but most common danger toward this. is at some point in sanctification, our love for God's Word, our love for understanding what He has said and learning about how it applies to our life and the doctrines of the church and salvation and how these things all flesh out. It is very easy for us to get a mentality that you know, that was the gospel that started me into the Christian life and I'm now going to progress to these things. To think that the gospel is how we enter the faith and yet forget that it's actually how we live the faith. The, the best way I have heard this put is by a sister church that simply says, and this is 
My brain works well with images. The gospel is not just a diving board, but it is the entire pool in which we live the Christian life. We've had a beautiful time this morning um, in Charlie leading in, in worship of us, focusing on the, our own sin, the forgiveness offered in Christ, the assurance of our own salvation. Let us never forget that while we were lost to our own sin, Christ died for us to reconcile us to Him. Yes, this is all stuff we know. I mean, come on. You're at church on a Sunday morning in the year 2020. Right? There's a lot of faithful Christians that just aren't. It's been a scary time. No judgment if you're not here. I mean, watch, even watching at home, right? Like, following Christ, especially in a corporate sense, feels a little different at this point. This year's been weird. I'm not telling anyone I think hear me right now any new facts about the gospel. But I do think we must heed what I feel like is a warning there from Paul that we even ourselves have to check, are we continuing in what we've learned and what we've firmly believed? This firmly believed, um, NASB, I believe, actually uses the word convinced. This idea of fully convinced. This, above all else, we know that God's word to be true. See, I let the mic move. Terrible. Just honestly, Scripture, God's Word, the Gospel, the truth that God has laid out for us, the truth of His creation, well, I think what Paul is pointing out here is Timothy did not just take it on somebody else's word. It is okay for us to wrestle with the questions we have or the concerns we have or the stuff that we think might be off. Because God's Word the truth of the gospel will not only stand up to it in like a combative way, but will hold true. It will not only answer our questions, but I think give us answers that we didn't even realize we were looking for. Timothy didn't believe this gospel. It wasn't what he was called to hold firm to just because he kind of heard it and like, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense. This is what he had learned and what he had firmly believed. Knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Well, we know from the rest of Scripture, we actually have quite a few people who Timothy learned this from. Right? We know Paul, writing this letter, considered Timothy himself a son in the faith. Paul had taught him about this gospel. Paul had opened God's Word and like went through it and read and prayed and studied with Timothy. But we also get Lois and Eunice, his mother and his grandmother. Timothy, Timothy had people he could look at in his life that even at a young age, people he respected loved Christ. And that he didn't have to watch them live life. Well, I, th- I think of the saints that have went before me. I think of brothers and sisters that I've got to meet and worship with and do ministry with. That to their glory, to 
God's glory. At the end of their life, after decades in this life of walking with God, dealing with the hardships that come with it, the victories that come from it, seeing God be faithful time and time again as they're laying there knowing they're not coming out of that bed. To say He's worth it. He's worth every bit of it. To know their life might not have went as planned all the time, but at the end of it, I'll say, no, no, He's worth it. Doesn't doesn't replace our faith in God's word. And I think Paul hits that. But the the our faith coming from people we already know, people that we love and we respect, well, it does help anchor us. It helps us to continue. I think that I don't think again that Paul's words just are by happenstance here. The warning to continue and then to immediately call Timothy's attention to the people that have continued for longer than he has. That they have found it to be worth it. And that those people help connect him to Christ. And so if I'm, if I'm thankful for that in my own life, if I know the men and women that is... is well, in some ways, I've got a, a little bit of a luxury of I didn't always grow up going to church. So I have some very distinct memories of the first like Sunday school teacher that I had. Right? Of the first people that were willing to invest in me and actually share the gospel and teach me how to live this life as a Christian. God granted me the privilege to actually go back to the man that led me to the Lord as a young adult. And he led me when I was a young child. And through just circumstances of life, he allowed me to go back and actually thank the man. I think it was more uncomfortable for him. But it's also left me going, if I can look at this long line of people that God has used to show me His grace in my life, well, am I willing to pass that on the other direction? Yes, we think of those younger than us and we think of our children and gosh, that, that the being a dad thing is only a couple years in for me. So like that's still fresh at times when I think about that. But also just those people that may be older or are same age but don't yet know Christ, are we willing to share what Christ has done? Yes, we share when we evangelize. We share when we want to, when we want to tell people about who Christ is. But it is very easy for us to get in the habit of coming to church, doing our Bible studies, being around other believers, and get in this place of, I don't, I don't want to tell them where life's not perfect. But that is what we almost need to know. That in your, your whatever you've been through, Christ has showed Himself to be faithful. Well, that helped me live out of what I'm going through right then. But this, this always connects us. So let us be grateful for who Christ has put in our life. Let us be intentional about who He's put us in the life of. This is what He's called Timothy back to. Now, Timothy had the luxury of being acquainted with these Scriptures since his childhood, since very early on in his life. I think I sometimes have a fun question 
for people was like, do you remember the first time you went to church? The first time you heard the gospel? The first that is kind of normal Christian life. And it always intrigues me because I can remember some of those. I have friends that remember every one of those because they didn't know Christ until they were in their 30s. But then there are people, and I think Timothy would fall in this category, that have no memory of it. Because from the moment of their birth, their family and the community around them was about living Christ out and sharing Christ with them. I don't, I don't want to set up a comparison that either one of these is better than the other. But what I want us to see is that, well, just a trap I've seen churches fall into. Let us not make the mistake that children are too young to know the gospel. And we may think that's crazy. Right? We would know they need to know about Christ. But there are times that I think we can slip into that of, oh, the child wouldn't understand that. And they may not. But we don't understand the alphabet until somebody shows it to us. And even then, it takes a while. Let us be quick and early to share the gospel and pour it into our children. Timothy had been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Well, we get the benefit of being New Testament Christians. Now, we have lived after not only Christ coming and dying for our sins, but after God's Word and the Bible being collected and put together, and we can sit there and we can affirm, yes, amen, God's Word, it does teach us about Christ, and it's wonderful for that. But this is not the situation Timothy would have been in. As Paul writes these words, he is telling Timothy about what we would rightly just call the Old Testament. Timothy, these sacred writings are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Let's be real. We have pastors alive today that would tell us we need to unhitch the Old Testament from the New Testament. That we need to separate out the Old Testament and its harshness from the gospel. Let's not fall for that trap. And I don't think we would. Again, Church on Randall, I need to be a very wise church. To be sound in your doctrine. But as Paul goes on, from this idea is able to make us wild for salvation, that all Scripture is breathed out by God. I think if we take that same practice of, okay, we know other people want to do this. We know other people want to take parts of Scripture, right? We know that the stories of past presidents that want to cut the miracles out of the Bible and because that just doesn't make sense and it couldn't be true. We know people alive today that only like certain parts of Scripture. We would never say that to be true. Just personally, do you read one part of Scripture more than the other? I'm not saying you can't do that, but there is a line we cross from, these are my favorite texts of God's Word, and they mean so much to my life, to it's a very subtle line to switch into, I, I don't read this part of God's Word. I don't treat it with the same respect. I'm going to give you just, I have to be careful here. 
Okay? I made this point one time to my mother and had to spend a couple years trying to clarify and apologize for it. So I want to be clear about what I'm not about to say. I'm not saying that if your Bible has red letters in it, it's bad. I'm not saying that. But let's be honest for a moment. It's probably a misprint because if I understand it right, they all should be read. But it's easy for us when reading that to go, oh, the red words are probably more important. They're red. The rest of them are black. Well, that's the start of not believing that all of Scripture is Scripture. Again, I don't think you have a problem with this, but I think we must read this as Timothy the is and understand these as somewhat of warnings. For then Paul to go into verse 16, that all Scripture is breathed out by God. Well, right there, I, I try to understand what, what this means. These are the very words of God. These actually come from Him. These are not ideas that other people you know, put into their words. These actual words are His. Okay. I try to understand thing in, in things in the world I live in, right? And if this example helps you, great. If it doesn't, ignore me as some young foolish person and I'll get better. You notice how, well, most of our phones now, if we text someone, we can see when they've read it and that they still haven't responded. This whole idea that they've seen what we said, but two days later they've not still said anything back to us. Well, if Scripture is the very words of God, well, I just I start to get this image that like when I am ignoring Scripture, and I just mean not spending any time in God's Word, it's very much like was it leaving God on read? Oh yeah, I, I know I know I got your message, but I don't I don't want to look I don't want to look at that I don't I don't want to deal with that. This also personally. That image helps me, but personally here, we have to accept that Scripture was breathed out by God. The main way we're going to engage it is in the words of God. Again, I think we would affirm that. But we are a, a culture that really likes to digest images and pictures. And if I'm honest with you, I would really like God to have given me the Bible in like a YouTube video. That would have been handy. But he, in his wisdom, he's probably wiser than me. He is. That's a joke. Nobody laughed. Now I'm scared y'all think I'm a heretic. But he's wiser than I am, and he chose to give a scripture in words, not in videos. I know there's normally words with videos, but you get what I'm saying. Like we are drawn to want this in other ways, and we have to learn to actually engage these words. Another side to that I think we're all we're prone to. The scripture is breathed out by God. It's these words we engage with. Our feelings are not unimportant, but they do not trump what the words say. Yes, we can read God's word and be very moved by it. And it causes us to have an emotional response. To impassion us toward 
to action and to want to see things happen and to work. And that is all good. But the moment we start to trust what we feel to be right rather than what the words say to be correct, we have started to go away from this God breathed these words out. Now Paul, this beautiful section here. All scriptures breathed out and profitable. Now before we get into you know how it's profitable, he just states it's it's profitable, right? It's it's, it's profitable for what he's going into. So no, no matter what, no matter how what we're going to look at the rest of this, we gain from reading and thinking on, meditating on. Reading again God's Word. We gain from this. We even profit from it. But this, for teaching, for reproof, and for correction, and for training in righteousness, I just, I love the way that this works out. For teaching and reproof. Teaching us how we ought to think. Reproof correcting the ways we Think incorrectly. So our thoughts. Giving us how to think correctly. But reproofing. Correcting those things where we're going to get it wrong. And then for correction and training in righteousness. Again we get this training of how to do stuff. But it corrects us when we're doing it wrong. Each way it's like two coins. and There's two sides to each one of those coins. But at the end we have covered... All the ways we think and all the ways we act. This really leaves this next thought to just flow out and make sense. That the man of God may be complete. Equipped for every good work. It's equipped for every good work. We admit Scripture is not going to help us with everything. Be honest, there are some things we want that's not good. No matter how much we might talk ourselves into thinking they are. It's going to make us complete. As a church, as y'all are moving from Acts and faithfully going to the Old Testament into Numbers, you're striking a good balance with this. So again, I don't want to feel like I'm coming here with all these warnings to condemn. But I think you're at a sweet place to take a moment. Well, and if Paul's got to ask Timothy to consider these things, I think it's worthy of us to consider as well. We are all prone to miss. To get this wrong. As I wrap up, I um, I would ask you to just pray to God to search your own in this, your own heart in this. Are these any mistakes you're prone to? Are you do you in any way find that well, you can look at that line of people God has put in your life and helped you with, but you find it to be you've not really shared and helped bring any others along. Do you find yourself favoring certain parts of Scripture? Again, I think we will all intellectually agree with all of this. But I'm trying for us to see that some of these are very, at least the start of them, are very simple 
shifts that we can start to make that may even sneak up on us. If y'all would pray with me as we wrap up. Father, I thank you so much. God, not just for your Christ, but Christ being your word. God, I thank you so much for Scripture. Lord, you have not left us to wonder how we ought to live, how we ought to think. God, you have left us your word. Lord, use it to guide our hearts. Lord, not that we might live well. We might be known as doing things rightly. But God, use it to guide us so that you might receive glory. Not because of what we have done, but because of the beauty and truth of the gospel of Christ. Amen.